Welcome to Season 2 of Matt Makes Zack Watch Horror Movies. After taking some time off, your horror bros are back just in time to celebrate Halloween with John Carpenter and the elusive, exclusive Tim. Now you may notice a drop in audio quality compared to previous episodes. You see, Matt has fallen into the twilight zone and can only communicate through the ether. But, afraid not, dear listener, you are still in store for all the same dreadful jokes, eerie impressions, and terrifying trivia. So, sit back, enjoy the show, and have a happy Halloween. <laughs> you know, they say a mind is a terrible thing to waste. But what would happen if one man filled another's with the scariest films of all time? <laughs> Who are you talking to? <clears throat> no, nothing. Ready to watch some movies? Aw, oh, yeah. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to Matt Makes Zach Watch Horror Movies. I'm Matt. And I'm Zach. And this week, we're joined by a very special returning guest. Please welcome the elusive exclusive, you can only find him here, Tim. Yeah, I would, like to, I would actually like to redo your intro. Welcome to another episode of Tim Makes... Matt and Zach watching movies. You're right. You're right. I know. I know. Well, what did you make us watch this week, Tim? Oh, this week we watched Halloween 2018. Yeah. That's right. Tim's so exclusive. He only comes around once a year. Makes us watch (laughs) Halloween. Some people like Halloween for like the candy and the holiday. I like it because we get to watch a Halloween movie with Tim. So (laughs) I got my pumpkin spice ready and I'm hell yeah. Excited. (laughs) <laughs> Reason for the season. We're back and we're pumped. All right, so Tim, you haven't been here in a while, but we do have a new favorite segment that we like to do with Zach. Zach, can you summarize this movie? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was so mesmerized this whole time by the movie that I don't know if I even took anything in other oh, than no. amazement. <laughs> we'll find out. You you gonna count me in? Oh right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting on you. <laughs> All right, uh, three, two, one, go. In a world, <laughs> a twisted universe, where Matt and Zach have become true crime podcasters. <laughs> we open up with Matt and Zach doing a true crime podcast on Michael Myers, their favorite serial killer. And uh, they want to know a little bit too much. They start pesking Lori. It's been years since the first Halloween. Lori is a recluse. She's badass. She's been prepping this whole time. Michael Myers has been giving everyone the silent treatment. Uh oh. Same thing happens. There's a new Loomis. There's a new bus uh, escape. And Michael Myers, he escapes and kills the British Matt and Zach. Uh oh, that's what you get for being a true crime podcast, I guess. 
How dare you podcast? <laughs> and uh, Lori's got a daughter and a granddaughter. Her daughter resents her for being badass and preparing for this very day. And uh, Michael Myers gets his jumpsuit. He gets his mask back. The boys are back in town. He starts killing people in the coolest one shot I've ever seen in my life. And the music cues are back. John Carpenter's back. Nick Castle's back. It's everybody's back. And it's great. And I loved it. And uh, he drops teeth on people. He, uh, he's, he just, every single body is really messed up. I'm trying to remember the, it, it was just a lot of cool stuff. And he kills people and uh, he kills cops. And then the Loomis, the new Loomis, is uh, killing people too and tries to free Michael and just takes him right to Lori for the final showdown. But Lori's prepared and they do some cool stuff. And uh, I don't know, man. It was just a cool movie. I can't recall any memories of this movie. Everything was cool. Watch it. And time. <laughs> Two minutes. <laughs> 32 seconds this is my segment to like just write jokes about the movie but i can't joke about this movie it's fucking cool all right i guess that leads us into our usual segment guys what'd you think of this movie (laughs) i just want to say your recap there zach uh i felt like i just watched it again (laughs) that was probably actual movie Right? That was probably my worst summary because I was just like, I can't do it justice. It's just cool. I can't make jokes <laughs> about it. I love it too much. So I guess I guess Zach liked it. <laughs> yeah. I, it it took me back to a year ago discovering Halloween and John Carpenter and everything I love about doing this podcast. So I'm hyped. <laughs> Tim, what did you think of the movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know I gotta say is, is being as big a fan of the first one as I am, um, and having watched like every every single sequel and reboot and all of those things that happened, um, I was really, really happy with watching this when it came out. Uh I was a little nervous, not gonna lie, because you know, the whole like, is this new? Is it a reboot? Is you know, are we continuing? I had didn't know what to expect. Right. Um, and you know, of course we saw it in the theater when it came out, and it was just like I think I left there with my jaw dropped. There's so many good callbacks and like Well, there's so so, so much so good, good little stuff in there. I I liked it as well. Uh- <laughs> yeah, because this is a first time watch for both me and Matt. Yes. Matt hasn't seen it yet. I know. I, I That's so this is one of those movies I just like I didn't get to see it in theater, so then I was like waiting for a reason to see it. And then we started the podcast and I was like, well now I have to wait because I know we're gonna watch it for this podcast. <laughs> so it's been a long time coming and it lived up to the hype. So I remember thinking when I watched it originally, and I wanted to ask you guys this question. Um, are all podcasters assholes or just the true crime ones? Okay. Oh man. Yeah, I was I was uh, sitting there watching and you know, obviously Hannah and Julia have their podcast. And, um, <laughs> I remember just like looking over at her like, Oh, I hate you because you're one of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh, Tim, now you're one of them. <laughs> oh no. Podcast eruption. Oh no. But the difference is we like to have fun here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We aren't like a worse version of cereal. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked that they liked it because I figured when it 
showed up is just going to be like, uh, like that's the popular thing right now. But then like Lori started calling them out on their bullshit of just yeah. like, I mean, there's a fascination with serial killers, but like this is a little too much. Right. Again, let's say this isn't the real world and anything we say may not fully reflect our views on uh, mental health and how we should treat people. Yeah. <laughs> but in the world of this movie, yeah, no, he's the shape. He's a monster. Like, <laughs> Oh, and by the way, credited as the shape, which is awesome. Hell yeah. That's how he is in the old one, man. Exactly. I love the attention to detail in this movie. It's crazy. And all all the like side views of him without the mask. That was Nick Castle, right? They run back. Uh, to that. Nick Castle is only him in two scenes. Uh, Other than that, it's um uh, an actor called uh, named James Jude Courtney, who I keep wanting to call Jai Courtney, who is Captain Boomerang and is definitely <laughs> not the shape. <laughs> I guess technically he is a shape. Yeah, it's fair. Are we all kind of a shape? You know. Yeah. <laughs> God, I'm getting flashbacks to the art class now. <laughs> oh no! But yeah, I think uh, we should hop into the movie, guys. Let's get let's get into it. Um, yeah, we open with those podcasters who are just terrible, <laughs> <laughs> terrible at recording podcasts. <laughs> you don't use like a a Zoom like that. Like you you can't yeah. just sit in the middle of the room and actually pick up all the. <laughs> I, I get why you have to do it because, like, otherwise it would be the least cinematic thing of all time. But, like, I want someone to, like, edit the movie and, like, edit the audio to sound like what it actually sounds like. <laughs> and he says that. <laughs> so, Laurie, what do you think about Michael Myers? <laughs> I don't think he should I'll take my money now yeah <laughs> that's the only thing that's clear oh man well yeah um I know I do know that uh that somebody actually asked Danny McBride who wrote this movie about them which is still crazy that Danny McBride wrote this movie he actually just said like oh in the original script they were just reporters but we were like Oh yeah, nobody cares about like TV reporters anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that I mean that makes sense though to bring like that modern yeah. aspect to it. Like that's at first I don't know if it's just because we've been like as a listener, I've been listening to a lot of true crime stuff lately. So at first I was kind of like like you said, like this just feels like you're just going for the thing that's popular. But I mean, that is the the medium that most of us, you know, yeah. digest information, and especially when it's such a, you know, crazy and twisted story as something like Michael Myers, because I, I wasn't into it at first. I like that they do the two actors do a really good job as well of like really like selling like, oh, I believe these two people exist and they do this for a living. Right. Like they know exactly the kinds of reactions they're going to get from people type stuff like. <laughs> my question is what are those sponsors to where you can just give three thousand dollars to uh, they, they said they worked for like npr or something i was like npr can barely like afford studios what are you talking about <laughs> like you guys are staying in shitty hotels and just have one Zoom oh break. yeah yeah you do not maybe that's how they have the three thousand dollars though 
they sold all their actual good equipment. Yeah. <laughs> the podcast will be terrible, but we'll have the only interview with Lori Strode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I I love the the chessboard that Michael Myers lives on. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this movie's not subtle, and I'm on board from the start. <laughs> But yeah, I love that like everyone goes crazy except Michael Myers, who's just like calm and has his messed up eye from the last movie. <laughs> Wait, how did he mess up? Like, what happened? He got to, he got stabbed the in the eye with the coat hanger. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Every other movie, every other Halloween sequel has just ignored that, and this one was like, no, he has the messed up eye still. Like, <laughs> it's great, and it's an upsetting prosthetic. So I'm like sad that due to current events we didn't get to do our like halloween marathon leading up to halloween kills yeah but i'm also glad that really good movie. we get yeah we just got to skip to this one <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple other like worth seeing halloween sequels or like like n- not even necessarily good but like fascinating like the rob zombie movies but this was like a legit good movie and i'm so happy we watched it yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, I think that that opening scene with the podcasters at the like insane asylum does a, a great job of like setting a tone for this movie of like, no, we're going to like really lean hard on like 70s and 80s, like exploitation tropes, and it's going to be stylized and it's going to look cool and you're just going to like it. And also the way that they kind of did that quick transition to the t- uh, title credits. It was like, it was part, it was so throwback. Oh my God. Yeah. The title All credits are so good. Mm, chef's kiss all the yes. all the needle drops and like the cut to like title cards and stuff oh i mean freaking yeah. loved it needle drops john carpenter is back it's him his son and his godson just killing it on the soundtrack yeah <laughs> yeah like whenever They're- michael did anything iconic it was like and i was like <laughs> it's back <laughs> or no zach you did not say yeah what did you say hell yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i probably that those are the only two words i said throughout this entire movie i think i heard a oh at one point no that was me that's my go-to oh. <laughs> <It's>, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah speaking of the music in this movie it's great um i highly recommend if anybody wants to hear john carpenter just talk about composing the score he did an episode of a uh, song exploder. That's like amazing where it's just him being like, yeah, I'm John fucking Carpenter. Here's what my music sounds like. <laughs> it's crazy how, you know, there's, there's obviously those elements of the original, but then you have these like different interpretations on that yeah. theme. And it's just, it feels right. It feels so good. And like it kept building throughout the entire movie. Like the more things escalated, the more like sounds they added to the original score. Right. Yeah, they do such a good job of really filling it out. Even the ending too. I mean, it ended with like, because uh, I remember thinking, wow, this sounds so final. It sounds so like like there's a resolution to it. And then there's just one sour note that he hits right at the very end, and it's like, oh, there's more. There's more. Yeah. I. It is the unfortunate thing of like this this movie, like I'm excited for the sequels, but I feel like how I feel about the old Halloween where I'm like, I almost wish there weren't going to be any. Mm. Like it kind of reminds me of um, somebody said like about uh, Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049. They were like, 
yeah, those movies flopped, but it's almost better that they flopped because now we don't have to watch a bunch of shitty sequels. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, what if these sequels are bad? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, it's the same team though. So, you know, yeah, yeah. that's, that, that's the, the part that I keep trying to tell myself. Like, yeah. Like what they did with this sequel. Um, right. And please don't screw it up. I think too, they like are planning, they planned it as a trilogy. So it's like, yeah, this was the plan. That it's not helps. just, yeah. It, yeah. They have a clear ending in mind, which anything that's ever been good that I consume is always something made with an ending in mind, not just making more, making more, making more. Yeah, figure it out as we go. But yeah, then we get to... I, I like the way that like they transition to Lori and they immediately start... She is framed in this movie the way that Michael Myers is framed in the old one. Is, is so smart. Like, her outside the school, her hiding behind things, like, she's the predator in this movie. It's great. It all makes sense, too. Like, it's not one of those, like, we talked about when we watched um, The Shed, all of a sudden, everybody's a badass. Like, right. in this, it's like, she's been literally training for the past, like, million decades for this. Yeah, like, I, I know they, their big reference point was, like, she is Linda Hamilton in the Terminator franchise. Terminator 1, she's the person getting attacked. Terminator 2, she's the Terminator. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah, I will say, though, one flaw in her strategy is her mannequin budget must be through the roof. <laughs> I mean, there are so many fucking creepy mannequins. <laughs> Where is she getting those from? Right? <laughs> Someone is asking some real serious questions of Laurie Strode. Like, why do you need 50 mannequins again? <laughs> I don't know. She probably just raids every single department store that goes out of business. <laughs> every time a Sears closes, she's there. <laughs> she haunts it like a shape. <laughs> yeah, after the uh, podcasters get taken out, like the... That sequence is incredible. The yeah. podcaster death sequence is so good. Yeah, just absolutely brutal. Like I said, dropping teeth on people. Yeah. I mean, that is the, the one thing I will say. It's tough for me because, like, you know, I, I slasher movies are probably, like, my favorite subgenre of horror. I do love gore. I think it has its place and stuff. But it always, even in the old Halloween sequels, and especially in Rob Zombie's movies, it almost makes me uncomfortable. Like, ah, oh, Halloween's not supposed to be gory, though. <laughs> but it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, because, like, I feel like they used it efficiently like it was only to show how brutal michael yeah. is now and like they because they didn't show a lot of just like stabbing the shit out of people or like showing the act they just most of the time they just showed the like extremely jacked up body like after the fact to show imply yeah, it I, yeah yeah i liked that they they used it as aftermath yeah it's not gore for gore's sake it's yeah, exactly yeah yeah they do a pretty good job with it and, and i, I I like that, um, like David Gordon Green is a really good director. Um, and like, I like that the way he uses the gore, he also likes to focus on people and how they react to it, mm -hmm. which is what made it work for me, even in the context of like, I don't know how I feel about this much gore in a Halloween movie, is that it was more concerned with how does that gore affect people? 
which is a really interesting thing you don't often see in horror movies. Yeah, I think that's a that's actually a really good point because I'm thinking about some of those scenes where people walk up on, like when the the male podcaster, uh, um, I forget his name. Um, what does she call him? That doesn't matter. Anyways, when he walks in and he sees the body on the floor and he sees the dude laying on the counter, and it's obviously like the dude's jaw is just displaced. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But when he's going through and, and takes out the old lady in that long, you know, that long shot, we don't see the aftermath of that because nobody walked in on it. We didn't see what happened to the lady when she closed her blinds because nobody witnessed that. So we really only saw some really brutal stuff. You know, the dudes with the, the dude with the snap neck outside the bus, you know, the cop walks up on that or the yeah. kid. I don't remember which one, but. Um, well, and, and the focus isn't on the snapped neck. It is on how it affects them. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Who would have thought the guys from Pineapple Express knew what they were doing? <laughs> like, it still blows my mind every time I think about it that that's their their biggest movie before this movie. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense to me because that's one of my favorites too. Right, that movie rules, but <laughs> in all these movies, everybody's too high for this shit. Yeah, that's why they get it. They were probably also too high for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't you like? Oh, you know, it'd be a great idea. We made a sequel for Halloween. (laughs) I like really want some Bon Me though. Can we bring that up somehow in the movie for like a two minute sequence? Just about how good Bon Me is. (laughs) That was an argument that happened between them. I guarantee. 100%. They just left the recorder on and they're like, this is pretty good. (laughs) That's perfect. Yeah, but, you know, we go from there to kind of fleshing out Lori's life now mm-hmm. in really interesting ways. In my classes, I've been studying beat changes and stuff. And, like, I feel like the ultimate beat change in this movie is right after Michael kills the podcasters and he opens the trunk and puts on his mask. That's like the, oh, fir- that's like the first totally. music cue you hear. And, like all chaos just breaks out like right after that. And it turns into the slasher movie. Like before yeah. it's kind of like a thriller finding out about like the, the, this story of a serial killer and stuff. And then now it's just like pedal to the metal from then I'm, on out. I'm trying to remember who it was, but somebody said it's almost like this movie is following the history of the slasher movie pre and post the first Halloween. Mm-hmm. Like, the first like quarter of this movie the first act of this movie is halloween and like black christmas and you don't have to get gory and it's just sort of creepy and it's like you said almost a thriller was what it would be considered now and then it's like oh wait but all of these other movies that came after and are super violent exist let's start doing those like michael myers is following the path of like here's what horror movies are now i do like in the me laurie's family mostly because I love Judy Greer, guys. She's like the best. The woman who plays her daughter. She's so underrated. She needs to be like the lead in more things. Her character also like, that was another one where almost most of the movie, you have this back and forth of like, my childhood sucked. Like, I hate that you put me through this. <laughs> that scene at the end, again, I'm kind of jumping, but it was just like, you know, instant badass. Like, ah, oh, just kidding. My training yeah. in. I, I know what I'm doing. I I may hate all this stuff, but I still know it. Like shit. Yeah. 
I'm jumping to the end because I don't want to forget it. My favorite scene, other than that one shot, was when she, uh, Lori's daughter was like saying, help, help, just to trick Michael to come oh, out. So and then she was like, gotcha, shot him. And then all of a sudden, a light shines on Lori in the closet. And it's like, happy Halloween. Because she is Michael Myers now. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it was the coolest shit. Yeah, that was crazy. I, I do love that they actually do a really good job of like kind of getting you to a little bit like take Judy Greer's side where you're like, yeah, no, it sounds like growing up with Lori was a real fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess she was proven right 30 years later or whatever, but also... He didn't know you had a kid, Lori. You brought him to your kid. That's on you. <laughs> yeah, true. This also brings up the whole question of like, you know, you put yourself in circumstances. You know, she she obviously brought them to the house or brought him to the house. But there, I have so many questions. How did he know that Lori was still alive? How does he know? How I don't think he... Car? <laughs> they haven't explained that since the first movie, man. <laughs> we finally get that answer. That is a question that only John Carpenter probably knows, and he does not seem to care. So, well, because uh, Michael Myers was just killing people, and then uh, Laurie was the one that found him. Yeah, I think in this one that that's the idea is uh, they see each other through that window when she shoots at him, and he's like, "Oh yeah." And he's had podcasters telling him for the last month, what about Lori? What about Lori? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Picture of what she looked like. Yeah. <laughs> or is she recognizable from when she was, you know. Teenage? I don't know. Maybe it's, it's got to be one of those things that it's sort of like the mask. It, it has this, it's sort of like a weird meta thing that you can pull off in, in movies. The mask is mythic their relationship is mythic they just still have it you know like i just kind of buy it oh yeah how did he know about the podcasters at the gas station damn <laughs> convenient that there was a mechanic shop attached to the gas station well you know what that's probably what it was he stopped to get a new jumpsuit and then he was to quote zach he just went oh hell yeah <laughs> they're fucking here <laughs> it is Everything's coming up, Millhouse. It is Michael Myers' day. <laughs> what, what Happy Halloween that, to me. <laughs> what if that was the entire monologue? Michael Myers didn't plan anything that happened in this movie. It just all fell in his lap, and he's like, "Oh hell yeah, dude!" Oh, one hundred percent, it did. <laughs> and I like to think that Michael Myers just sounds like, "Ah, oh, dude." <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> he was a teenager in the 80s. He sounds like Bill and Ted. <laughs> that one shot when it's hall or no, that was another like cue that I freaked out over when it like cut and then it was like October 31st. It was Halloween just so night. Perfect. And then like, it's just Michael Myers on a Halloween street. Then he goes on a killing spree. Oh yeah. Well, he's got to you know you got to shake out the rust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to do some stretches. You got to go to that old stomping ground at that graveyard where you steal your sister's headstone. You know, it's just how it is. 
There's so much like cool camera stuff they did in that. Yeah. Well, the, the one you were talking about when he first starts taking people out, I love that at one point it just stops and it all plays out through blocking mm-hmm. is, is so genius. It, yeah. I, uh, it just, you see his shadow, you see her come to the window, you see him come in. Mm-hmm. They don't need to do any cool camera moves. They're like, we're gonna do. We're gonna set up a perfect shot and just execute it perfectly. Yeah, it was like the perfect POV shift because you yeah. go from without even changing the camera. It's like Michael Myers looking in, and then it switches to the POV of the lady, and it's wondering where Michael is. And all of a sudden, surprise, there he is. Yeah. Oh, and this scene also leads to uh, the first of many of uh, Matt's. Did you see that? Uh, references to other things from the franchise. The lady that he beats to death in the ha- with the hammer in this movie is almost dressed identically to the first kill of Halloween 2, which is kind of cool. Oh. Yeah. I would not know. I know. So, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that where, like, clearly they, like, really respect this franchise. Like, multiple times in the movie, you see kids running around in the masks from Halloween 3. Oh, yeah, um, I did catch that. Yeah, that's pretty fun. At what, okay, this one blew my mind and made me so happy. Uh, the son, when he's in the car, like waiting for his dad, and you can hear the radio playing. The radio is playing the song that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis improvises when she's like kind of singing to herself in the first Halloween. Oh. They actually apparently went back and wrote a whole song for it because they wanted to be able to say like, no, this song exists in this world. Like, that's insane to me. Yeah, that's some legwork, man. Yeah. So that's some Tarantino backstory right there. Right? <laughs> yeah, that, that's what makes me like, okay, maybe these two sequels are going to be really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm just like, this episode's really hard for me because I'm just like, this was the coolest thing ever. Like, what do I even say? I, all I can say is, like, I'm just so glad it didn't suck. It kind of ruled. Like, yeah. <laughs> If Halloween is like a five star, like perfect movie, this is at least a four and a half, maybe also a five. Yeah. Like, oh, this is going on my five star list on Letterboxd. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's tough for me because like it did live up to the hype, but I'm also a little torn where I'm like, but like Halloween is like a perfect movie and this doesn't feel quite as good as that. So I don't know what to say about it. Like, But I can't pick out anything that I'm like, well, you got to take that out. You know, like it all just works so well. Yeah. I guess I could have gotten done without the nice guy TM, but then he gets murdered and I'm back on board. Like, <laughs> this movie's just good. <laughs> yeah, it, it is hard because you, you do want to kind of compare it. You want to yeah. put it up against the original. And it's such a, I mean, there's... I mean, not to sound blasphemous, but there is more of a story, I feel like, to this, you know, to the plot where... Um, well, yeah, there's characters and development. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, and it almost feels like I don't want that from a Halloween movie, but also I'm, I'm more into these characters because, of course, they're giving me that, you know, the, the tangible pieces that make me care about these, yeah. these uh, characters. So it, it's really hard to kind of not let yourself compare it. Yeah, I think the, the the better thing would probably be ultimately to compare it to the the sequels to Halloween, oh. where it stands up so well, like oh. comparatively. 
Except for Halloween three, which fucking rules. H two O, how dare you? <laughs> Listen, Halloween Water is a great movie that I actually do really like, but uh, it is better. Or, I'm sorry, we should call it by its its proper title. When if you really think about it, it is Halloween. Twenty years later, H two O. Twenty years later is what it says on the poster. <laughs> That movie's actually pretty good, but uh, that was probably at one point the best Halloween sequel, and this one blows it out of the water so fucking hard. Yeah. Like, who would have thought that the third Halloween 2 would be the best Halloween sequel? (laughs) Yeah, the third Halloween 2, what is this, the third or fourth Halloween? Yeah, this is the fourth movie called just Halloween, and it is technically Halloween 2, so it's the third Halloween 2. And the next one will be the second Halloween three. <laughs> Cause movies are weird guys. Not confusing at all. No, no. no. How could it be? Aren't you excited to watch all of these eventually Zach? <laughs> oh yeah. I, I am. <laughs> but I'm, I, I'm glad that we got to skip them so I can get the two good ones and then go back. There are some good ones. I'll say there are a couple three or four star movies in there, but uh, <laughs> I think nothing was, this good. There, there are a couple that are not good. <laughs> oh yeah, but even the one that's not good has fucking Paul Rudd in his first movie role ever. So how can you go wrong? <laughs> I get, I guess, but what I mean is, the seeing these two first have cemented my love for Michael Myers and the Halloween franchise yeah. enough. To where I want to sit through all the bad ones. Yeah, I, I I would definitely agree with that. I actually think this weirdly might kind of be the way to watch them is watch that one and watch is watch the original and watch this one, and then go back and watch the rest of the franchise. That's interesting. That's an interesting take. It's so it's so hard for me to to picture it that way, just because I mean, like Matt, like you, like you've seen all of the other ones. Yes, that these are <laughs> these seem you know, at the end of the sequence. But there are people out there like Zach who are about to watch this and the original and then this one and then go watch all those crazy offshoot, which now are crazy offshoot movies. But before it was canon for us. Well, kind of, because H2O... Remember, I mean, H2O erased them all except for Halloween 1 and 2 already at one point. Right, but I mean, as, as they come out or as you're watching them for the first time, yeah, yeah. order, that was canon, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, <laughs> rewind, <laughs> back up. <laughs> I guess maybe I'm just kind of used to it because of comics, which reboot like every 10 years. <laughs> oh, yeah, that makes sense. But it, it, and in the, I guess in that same way, like the idea of just pick, just pick the best ones, you know? like to start with and then go back like even like looking at movies like i would say like watch tim burton's batman watch the dark knight and then go back and watch everything else you know yeah. and you'll have like a pretty good idea of like what makes a batman movie work yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm literally just spaced out thinking <laughs> thinking about this movie and how much i love it <laughs> I literally just stared at the fucking wall thinking about how cool this movie was. That's all that was going on in Zach's head. 
man. I mean, uh, let's talk about the effects in this movie. I feel like we're beyond plot at this point. Like, the effects in this movie are so good. Um, I highly recommend everybody go follow the uh, the head effects artist on Instagram, C Nelson Effects is his handle. Um, he's a great follow. He posts behind the scenes stuff from this movie all the time. And it's so good. I want to talk about my favorite moment in any movie. Well, Michael Myers just head explodes that evil doctor. Oh man. I am always here for a good head explosion. This was one of the greats guys. I was getting real, real walking dead vibes. There were a yeah. couple times in the walking dead where they had a similar shot in, in, I haven't seen the behind the scenes on that or if there is a behind the scenes on this uh on this scene you're talking about, but I know like just walking or watching the Walking Dead behind the scenes on how they, you know, make those props and they try to use as much practical as effects yeah. as possible always makes for an amazing, amazing end result. Shout it's out true. to Greg Nicotero. Hell yeah. But yeah. Who who uh, Nelson Effects is friends with. So they're bros. Maybe he asked oh, nice. head, exp- head explosion advice. <laughs> tips on exploding heads. Right? <laughs> you know what I just realized too? Hmm. That that's that sequence. Heads are there's so many things that are like heads are pumpkins, because the oh, that explosion yeah. kind of had pumpkin physics. And then right after that, he made another dude's head a jack-o'-lantern. Oh, that was so good. That jack-o'-lantern head made me like, hell yeah. It gave me a Zach moment. (laughs) (laughs) Also, to go back a little bit the other way, um, what was that kid's name? One of the friends who stuck the... uh, Oh, too high for this boy? Yeah, we skipped over that guy. We skipped over him, and he was too high for this shit most of the time. Wasn't True. he the boyfriend? No, he was, uh, he was the boyfriend of the babysitter. Oh, sorry. Oh! <laughs> Matt and I are in sync right now. Jinx! <laughs> that was him! Yeah, I with the, with the best outfit ever. Yeah, dude, <laughs> just has, like, explosives in his back. That boy has style. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what his name was. I'm looking at the cast list, and I'm always all, all I see is Jamie Lee Curtis, and I just keep looking at that name. I believe he is uh, Dave, played by Miles Robbins. Dave looks to be him. Yep, sure is. Dave, too high for this shit. Yep. Shout out, Dave. Shout out. Uh, you know what we do need to pause and talk about for a moment, though, is the the true best character in this movie, the little boy, Julian. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, my top character the first time, again, <laughs> I walked around, my, I still my favorite. Yeah. I want a whole movie where Julian is the final girl. Like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe you'll get it. Maybe you'll get that. Oh, maybe he'll be in the next one. He can like help Laurie Strode set traps. He's cre- <laughs> he's credited for Halloween kills. Hell yeah! Oh my uh, goodness, I love it. Oh he, uh, wait, he won't be a final girl. He's too smart. He just dipped. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he'll just be like, "Y'all need to get the fuck out of here and just leave again." <laughs> <laughs> Dave up there. 
Fuck you, Dave. Fuck you, Dave. You're going to die. Isn't that what he yells at him at one point? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he did. This movie rules, guys. <laughs> like, I keep trying to look for flaws of like, well, maybe it's not as good as everybody says. And then I just think of things like, fuck you, Dave. <laughs> I know you're talking about smoking weed. Don't lie to me. <laughs> I'll show your mom your browser history. <laughs> the banter was so good, and it didn't feel like over rehearsed. Like the line yeah. was delivered so yeah. well. I mean, I think it helps, especially with stuff like that. Knowing, um, knowing David Gordon Green's background with comedies mm. and with like indie film, which tends to have that kind of tone. Um, I think plays really well here. And I I love that they went with such an outside-of-the-box choice as him for for director and co-writer. Um, I, th- I think that's a big part of what makes this movie work, as opposed to, like... And I like these two movies, and I really like Rob Zombie. But Rob Zombie feels... His name is Zombie. He feels like the obvious choice to be like, let's make him make a horror movie. Yeah. And those two movies are are really fascinating, but kind of predictable. This one, because it's the guy who made your highness, I'm like, I have no idea what to expect, and I'm on board. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I do feel like it's kind of a little bit, uh, uh, maybe I'll uh, get, get shit on for saying this, but it's kind of like a John Favreau, Dave Filoni situation for me. Where yeah. It's obviously there's just a bunch of fans of Halloween, and they're like, hey, we want to pay tribute to, to the original, we want to pull in, you know, um, different aspects of a lot of the, the sequels that came out and the reboots and everything else. And we just want to make a cool movie that we'd be like stoked yeah. to watch. Uh, apparently that literally was their pitch to uh, Jason Bloom once he got the rights um, was what if we made a Halloween movie in it and here's what we like about it. Like that is that is the correct take to have, Tim. Good job. You passed yes. the Star Wars test. <laughs> um, I would disagree. I think there's one person who should be involved. But um, okay, fine. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that just reminds me. One of the like head cops just walks in and he's wearing a suit and a cowboy hat and matt immediately goes <laughs> that's my new favorite character i thought i just assumed looking at everything about that man oh he's gonna be like one of the like head cops and he'll be in the rest of the movie he's in that one scene and never again (laughs) i was like a little disappointed but also like that guy rules i believe i I muted my mic when you said that because i didn't want you to hear me laughing at how silly that was (laughs) because you knew he's not gonna he's not coming back character that i'll never see again Great one scene performance, though, guys. (laughs) (laughs) He made that scene. Yeah. That one scene. Him and his cowboy. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, I I take that back. He had two scenes. Oh, that's, you know, he does say, like, oh, man, this is going to be some shit. And then it cuts away from him real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I just remembered one more Matt fun fact, if I may, guys. The uh, the granddaughter's boyfriend. Did you catch who his dad was that they yeah. kept talking about? Lonnie. His dad is Lonnie, as in yeah. get your ass away from there, Lonnie. Yep. <laughs> Lonnie the bully. 
I'm blanking out yeah. on this. It's the from the original movie. He was the yeah. Boy. Yeah. He's the one that Loomis, like when they're gonna like fuck with the Myers house, Loomis is like, hey Lonnie, get your ass away from there. Yeah. He's <laughs> behind the bush, like trying to scare him, right? Yeah, but they also they break uh oh, what's the kid's name in Halloween? Oh, no. I remember yeah. Lonnie, but I don't remember the main <laughs> kid from Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. the kid kid i was trying to yeah. remember teenager i was like what? oh no okay oh, yeah they were the he was the main bully kid yeah he's uh, the one who breaks his pumpkin yeah so does that mean uh tommy does that Thank mean you, uh the dad was one of the bullies too <laughs> no nah, he just bought peyote from him <laughs> <laughs> oh the dad in this movie is great <laughs> oh, Ray. good old Ray. They do such a good job of like making him like I just like Ray. <laughs> like every response he has to everything is like the appropriate one. Like, hey Lori, no, like I'm very glad you're here. You should but can you put the gun down? This is my house. Please don't shoot me. <laughs> I'm like, appropriate. He's the only like real person in this movie. So it kinda it really hurts when he dies. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, well, never mind. <laughs> also he's the yo-yo master he's yeah. the yo-yo master that's right that is true i don't know if i'm allowed to say the quote yet am i allowed to say it oh no save that for the end save it okay that's what i was gonna say but i'm not sure keep keep listening to get that little uh <laughs> <laughs> keep listening or cut that part out whichever you feel like doing in the edit or not cliffhanger <laughs> keep listening listen to the whole thing oh boy but yeah ray rest in peace ray man that 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 was rough i like how all the strode girls just dipped and damon mentioned ray yeah like that should, feels like it should have been a thing that kept coming up from that point on like so where's my dad <laughs> like, yeah, not, <laughs> where's ray? actually i think um what's her name karen she did once she was like where's ray but, and then she just moves on with her life. Yeah. Oh, okay. Goodbye. Bye, well, right. our, our relationship was on the rocks anyway, so. Yeah. Also, wasn't, didn't he put Ray's body in the house, and so they just let him barbecue? Oh, yeah. Well, they don't know that. Only Lori knows. And Lori's a stone cold, stone cold bitch in this movie. She's a <laughs> badass. She does not care. <laughs> but uh, I think one of the things we got to talk about with this movie is... Um, this is our first Bloomhouse movie, guys. Was it? Yeah. Oh. That's they're the biggest name in horror right now. And um I find them super interesting. Jason Bloom seems to know what he's doing. That uh, was our first? Yeah. We haven't watched a ton of new movies. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yeah. But um I, I find the Bloomhouse method fascinating for making movies. Uh, he has a simple formula for success that has clearly panned out for him. Uh, no first-time directors. Everyone gets creative control completely. Every director and writer they work with gets final cut approval. But they have to make their movie for under $5 million. This movie was made for under $5 million. <laughs> Occasionally, when they do make um, their more prestige movies, they will give them more of a budget, especially depending on who they're working with. Like, they produced Black Klansman, and that movie got, like, a real budget. Because they were like, it's Spike Lee, it's going to win an Oscar. It's, they, he's kind of cracked the formula where you keep your budget under $5 million and 
no matter what you're going to turn a profit. Like even, you know, uh, that their last movie was apparently, uh, one of their last movies was apparently terrible. They made, um, <laughs> fantasy Island, which oh. sounds like, which people were like, Oh, it only made like, like $19 million, except it only cost two and a half to make. It made like 20 times its budget. <laughs> so no matter what, it's a hit. And then he can pump out five more movies. But uh, does anyone have any perhaps uh, closing thoughts on Halloween 2018? Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that appropriately sums it up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, here we have a 61-year-old Michael Myers. I looked it up um, because I was curious how old he would be. He would be 61 in this movie. Still badass. Takes a crowbar to the face. Keeps plugging away. Yeah, shot in the hand. Keeps plugging away. Man, I mean, talk about a hero. There's a reason Michael Myers is my role model. (laughs) Right, exactly. Talk about the 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 full package. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Matt? What's your what is your your final takeaway? Um, just something I've said before, like we got to stop being so precious with these movies. I mean, it's hard to say about Halloween because it has been sequelized and remade and everything so many times before, but people always love to say there are no good sequels. There are no more original ideas. There's this, there's that. Don't touch that. And it's like, yeah, but then we wouldn't have this kick-ass movie that does new, cool, interesting stuff with an old property. Yeah. So like, we got to be a little less precious about this. If somebody says, I want to remake Hellraiser, let them try. Which apparently David Gordon Green wants to do. So, like, I'm on board. I'll watch it. (laughs) So, so just let people try. Uh, Because every now and then you get one of these. Sure, it takes, you know, there are nine terrible remakes before this one, but. uh, (laughs) Keep trying. That's the moral of the story. Exactly. Just like Michael Myers, keep trying. Don't give up. Never give up. Have a real positive attitude like that guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. actually, that's another thing I forgot. He also got cracked in the dome with a cast iron pan. Oh, shit. I think that's right. Twice. Yeah. And he didn't give up. So you guys shouldn't either. No excuse. And <laughs> he got locked in a burning house, and there's two more movies coming. So, Ooh. what if they were just, what if they, I, I would be excited about this? What if they just Halloween 3 it and Michael Myers isn't in them? <laughs> oh, no. He's dead. This one is about killer masks again. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so that was the thing I put a pen in earlier that I wanted to ask you guys about. Um, probably he's gonna be in the next ones, of course. But did you guys at all get the the sense or the feeling? They kind of pan to Allison holding the knife as they're driving away, and um, I got some really like I mean she went through some shit that night. She's got to have some trauma, and I'm wondering. Do they go a different direction? Uh, that could be really interesting. They've hinted at that before. I mean, that's the main thrust of with the uh, Halloween four, five, and six is like who's going to be the next Michael, you know. But uh, I-, I took from that more, you know, she didn't drop the knife. They're not dropping the knife anymore. Mm. She kept it with her, and she's ready to fight. But either way, could work. I have to say that now because I just said take chances. So, (laughs) (laughs) 
I feel like with these like iconic slashers, like they gotta keep consistent with the character. Cause I mean, like, look at Friday is it or not Friday, Nightmare on Elm Street when uh Robert England left and they tried to re- reboot that with a new guy. It just he's, wasn't the same. He's the only good part of that reboot though. That movie was just bad. Jackie Earl Haley's a great actor. <laughs> that is Rorschach, sir. Show some respect. <laughs> good actor. But I've heard the things that they do with Freddy's character. I don't know if I like that. Not in his performance. It's in the script, which is bad. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but that's not the actor's fault. I mean, Michael Myers isn't played by the same guy in this movie. You know. No, I'm, I'm saying consistency I... in the character. Oh, yeah, like... in characterization, yeah. 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 Like, Michael cannot talk in the next one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got really afraid because they kept being like, we need you to speak, Michael. Speak. And I was like, I swear to God, if he turns the camera and it's like, fuck you, I'm going like, <laughs> to... I'm immediately going to turn on this movie and not like it anymore. <laughs> no, Tim, if he turned to the camera and went, hell yeah, I'd be like, greatest movie of all. Uh, greatest movie of all time. <laughs> There's only one line that would have been even more impactful for me. All right. If he, if he turned to the camera and he was like, too hot for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 10 out of 10. Greatest 10 movie out ever. Of 10. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the perfect note to end it on. Right? <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, you know what, guys? You know what? I'm sorry. I, shit. I got to go, man. I just got peanut butter on my penis. <laughs> no plugs nothing yeah. as the vox fades we thank you for listening to this bizarre journey into cinema if your morbid curiosities hunger for more you may summon our horror bros at mattmakezack.com on Twitter and Instagram at MacMakeZack. Or if you dare, say George Lucas three times into a mirror for a visit from our phantom menaces. You may now return to your mortal plane of existence. Until next week, as Matt makes Zack sit through another chilling apparition. Mwahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahah